Welcome to the Connect Raleigh podcast, where you hear the stories, the people, and the places that make Raleigh, North Carolina the best place to live. As one of the most connected people in town, real estate and networking expert Chuck Belden leverages his connections to introduce you to all the reasons why Raleigh is one of the fastest growing areas in the country. If you've lived in Raleigh for years or are thinking of moving here, this podcast is for you. It's local, it's authentic, and it's time to connect you with your host, Chuck Belden. All right, everybody, welcome back to a Connect Raleigh podcast episode. I am here live, sort of live, in the <laughs> attended event studio at The Nest with my new BFF, Hannah. Hi. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Good. Thanks for coming today. I'm excited to chat with you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, um, my wife has given me some fantastic recommendations with who to speak with on the uh, on the podcast, and you come highly recommended. Uh, well, it was really fun partnering with her. I know that... The event that she did with us, um, the women really got a lot out of it. Um, so yeah, I was really excited to meet her and get to know her. Good. So don't let us down. You got to bring the good stuff today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't Sounds <hold> back. good. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you're, I think you're building a, a really cool organization, which I like the women's social club, but you're doing a number of other things and you've got a great story because you grew up in Raleigh, you left, you came back and... I think that's a cool perspective. I love to hear stories about those that leave and come back, especially those that go to the big city and <laughs> yes. come back, right? Yes. So start start like, you know, you grew up here in Raleigh, is that right? I did. I actually grew up, um, I was born and raised not far from here in Five Points, um, the original Five Points, not the Five Points that it is today. What's the OG Five Points like? So we had a, um, a one bedroom duplex apartment. Um, that was like our very first house. And we lived in that um, for a couple years. And then we actually moved out to Clayton. So I really grew up in Clayton. So okay. when I say I'm from Raleigh, um, and I move away um, and I meet someone from Raleigh. They're like, your accent's a little different than growing up in the city. So, yes, Clayton is my hometown that my parents still live there. That's actually a big reason why we moved back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I grew up, Raleigh was, I mean, downtown people didn't really come here. My grandmother worked for Hudson Belk, yes. so she worked in the shoe department for 25 years. Wow, right on Fable Street, right? Yes. Right across the street from where we yes. are now. Yeah. So my growing up experience of being in Raleigh was really the only time we came downtown was to come visit her. Um, there was one cafe I think that people would go to at lunchtime, um, but really, I mean, it wasn't a place where people came. Um, to hang out as a destination. Yeah. It was businesses, and then everyone lived outside the city. Yeah. Um, I noticed that when I, even when I first moved here in 2007, it hadn't yeah, totally no. turned into a place where people were hanging out downtown. No, and I, I always felt like there was potential. Um, we would hang out growing up around state. So on Hillsborough Street, there were always fun things to do. Um, but I think my desire to be in a bigger city has just always been there. Mm. Um, watching movies and seeing like things that were so different from what I knew, I was very excited by it. My very first flight ever was after college to interview for a job in New York, oh, yeah. and then I moved there. So I did not grow up traveling or experiencing different cultures, so I was so ready for it. 
That's exciting. Yeah. And so um, what was New York like coming from here to then go to? I mean, go, coming from Clayton yeah. to New York, how was that? How'd you adjust? I mean, I think it was just meant to be because yeah. the company I worked with, Centro, they hired me and four other young women who had just graduated college. We were all the same age. We were from all over the world. Um, one was from Australia. One was from Seattle, Arizona, and Boston, and then me from Raleigh. Um, so we were all brand new to the city. We all worked together. We ended up living together. Mm. Um, so I think having that built-in, like, immediate family, like, away from home, made it a, an idyllic experience because, yes, I had hard times and I would get homesick, but... I had my friend family there. Yeah. Um, so it was amazing. I mean, it really was like indescribable um, in a good way. Yeah. It was a really fun experience. And I met my husband there. So, yes. Well, that's good. Yes. Good. And then you all came back. When did you come back? So we came back the first time in... There was more than once? Yes. Oh, okay. So we have moved around a lot. So we moved to Boston after New York, then Miami, then back to Raleigh. Okay. Um, and we moved back to Raleigh in 2011. We had my son um, in 2013. And then my husband ended up getting transferred back to New York in 2016. So we were there um, until a couple years ago. So we've officially been back in Raleigh since 2018, okay. which is when I launched Dove and Olive. Yeah. Okay. So tell me more about that. What was Dove and Olive? So when we were living in New York, the most recent time, we lived in the West Village area and we had our local sort of like neighborhood spots. And when we got back to Raleigh, um, it was just like I was craving that experience here, but there wasn't really the place where you could go and meet people. There were so many people moving to Raleigh. We kept meeting transplants when we would go out. But you either had to go to a bar or a restaurant. And so I was trying to create a space where people could come together. We could have activities like workshops. You could rent the space out for events. Um, and then we had like a coffee and wine bar. Um, so really it to just be a neighborhood local spot yeah. for people to come and hang out very casual and meet. Um, and then we were doing really well. We had our calendar completely booked. Um, and then the pandemic hit. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, 2020. I remember that. Yes. So that threw a wrench in things. And the Women's Social Club was actually planned to launch on March 19th of 2020 um, at That Dove was like Nolan. the day, wasn't it? Or like right It was there? two days before that everything yeah. shut down. Yeah. Um, and it was like, no. Like, we have too many fun things happening. I yeah. mean- all this, all of these exciting things for not only the Women's Social Club, but just events and workshops in general. I mean, we had done it. We pivoted the business, and it was growing and doing well. And I, it took me a while to accept that I needed to just understand that this was bigger than me, yeah. bigger than my business. Um, and I took the summer to just regroup and I met with my business coach um, and she helped me. I knew I wanted to continue the Women's Social Club, but I knew it had to be different. Um, so and it she, was just starting. Right? It was just starting. Yeah, okay. Like we never even yeah. had the first meeting. Okay. Um, and it was ideally 
you know, I was a woman in business. And so I had benefited from meeting a lot of other women in business. So the goal for it originally was built around bringing women in business together. Entrepreneur or not, just working women and us having a support system to talk through struggles or ideas and having speakers and social time to really network in a way where I feel like women do it a little different. Oh, so, sure, sure. Have you, have you, did you see this model somewhere else or what inspired you to, to start this? Um, no, I hadn't knew seen. it. You needed it. Yes. Yeah. And it was something that I had done informally. So before I launched Dove and Olive, I reached out to a few women-owned businesses around um, the city, told them my idea, and asked their thoughts on it. And they were willing to meet with me. I was nobody to anybody, and I had no experience. And um, they took me in, and they were my sounding boards. And even throughout pivoting Dove and Olive and continuing to grow it into more of a a workshop and event space than a cafe. Um, they were there. And so I was like, man, if all women had this, we would be crushing it. Yeah. Um, because everyone has different skills. And especially when you're a solopreneur, it's nice having people to bounce ideas off of. Yeah, I think that's huge. I think that many people have great ideas, have great businesses, have things they, they start, but probably fizzle out because of that lack of support feeling on an island and feeling like you're all alone and you can't go to somebody else for ideas because of they're a competitor or they're not a competitor but people try to hold those ideas tight to the chest and when I first started the Raleigh Young Professionals Group in 20 2008 2008 I started a a group within it that was sort of a um, I can't remember the name of it right now but it was a it was a support group for people that were in business by themselves Mm -hmm. that could just come and share ideas. Like you could get the real estate agent like me getting ideas from the dry cleaner, getting ideas from the CPA. And we could all just kind of, mostly it revolved around social media at the time, but it was really helpful to have different perspectives and people that, you know, were just open and wanted to share that stuff because unfortunately it's not that common and it's really beautiful when you find it. And I think creating the atmosphere where there are so many women that do want to lift up other women and they do want to share and be a mentor and not having a place to facilitate that it's it's been challenging so you are always thinking oh well women are out for themselves or I can't tell another woman that she'll do it when the truth is even if we all did the same thing we're on, we're there's just one of us we all bring our own perspective and our own special thing to it um so yeah I mean when I launched even last September it was still women in business um I'd structured to do a couple of meetups a month I um, had different women in business speakers come talk about imposter syndrome branding entrepreneurship and then as we were doing our socials um I do surveys regularly with the with the members and their feedback is how I shape what we do next. And so they were really actually craving more relationship building and personal development versus the women in business focus that I had thought. So that's funny. We had very similar funny. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I get it. I think that too. Like I started a business when I started the networking group that I started, it was because I was starting a business that Mm -hmm. I wanted to 
business, quote unquote, network. And I wanted to share ideas. I thought it was going to be all people like me. It was going to be, I thought it was going to be a lot of guy entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. that also wanted that exact same thing. And I come to find out that really wasn't it. It really, my, my group was, was actually mostly women. Yeah. And it was mostly about building relationships that started socially and turned professional relationships, but it wasn't about the nuts and the bolts of the business. No. And it's really funny because it is about listening to people because they will tell you what they want. Not enough people ask. No. Yeah. 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 And it's hard. Like some feedback is like a little hard to hear because you <laughs> put everything you have <laughs> into it. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, you know what would make it even better? Mm-hmm. I hate I hate that. You know what you could do? You're like, you shut up. <laughs> I worked hard on this. No, I get it. I know. <laughs> so it's like it's being able to step back and hear it like constructively Mm -hmm. and you can't make everyone happy. So also understanding, okay, well I have my own limitations. Like I can do these things well and I have these connections and I'm building more out in this area. So I can definitely tweak it and lean more into the social part. So that's when I started reaching out to, because of Dove and Olive, I knew a lot of makers. Um, So we started doing workshops Mm -hmm. um, and the women really loved that networking nights we still have those occasionally and that's where a woman in business will come and speak um and then we do um community building events so we partner with nonprofits where we'll have them come in and share about different volunteer opportunities and it's been amazing because specifically um no woman no girl is who we've partnered with most recently And I mean, I think five of our members have become extremely active in partnering up. Two of them have actually linked up their own businesses with no woman, no girl. Um, And it's just taken off. And so for me, facilitating those relationships and creating the experiences so that people have those opportunities is really the focus. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm talking to myself here. That's really funny. I love it. I mean, my whole goal, I, I get excited and maybe it's, maybe there's some level of ego behind it. I'm not quite sure, but I get excited when yeah. I can connect other people. Like yeah. I feel fulfilled when I can help person A and person B connect and they make something cool yes. happen, right? Or they, I've had meetings or uh, people come to my events from years and years ago that met for the first time, ended up getting married and having babies yeah. and helped me. I use the, they use me to help them buy their first home. Like, yes. like I never saw that coming. I thought I was starting a networking group right. to talk about how to make a, a, a business post on Facebook. You know what yes. I mean? And all of a sudden I'm involved in these lives forever. And it's been so cool. And I just love that. And I get excited about it. So now I set out to mm-hmm. see how many people I can bring together and connect and, and not make it about me, but it always, I always benefit from it in yes. some way. I understand. I mean, even like before I had the idea for the Women's Social Club, um, when I would do workshops, I would look up different makers on Instagram and how I would actually find them. When you say makers, what do you mean by that? So makers are instructors. So different artisans in the area, like candle workshops or, I mean, we did watercolor um, we did charcuterie workshops. Oh, I want to and come so, to that one, but I probably can't come to that oh, one. Oh, so I? good. Yes. <laughs> and we, it's funny because I would meet them because they would follow me on Instagram. So then I would look them up and we had a charcuterie partner that ended, ended up becoming a really dear, um, 
partner of mine at Dove and Olive, Raleigh Cheesy. Her name is Courtney Bowman. She would be an excellent person to have on here as well. All right. I hope she's listening because um, I'm coming for you. Yes. So she has a charcuterie business. And when she started following me on Instagram, she had like three pictures and they were beautiful charcuterie boards. And I was in the process of putting together hosting for the holidays workshops. And so I reached out to her and I was like, I know we don't know each other, but would you be interested in partnering with me on this and teaching other people how to build their own charcuterie? Um, And she was like, I don't know, like I've never done that before, Um, but she's a teacher and she has the best and the funniest personality, Mm. I mean, ever. So we ended up doing the one. It was such a hit that we just started doing them all the time. Charcuterie 101 workshops. And it became our thing. So much so that before Dove and Olive closed, she was going to open her brick and mortar location in Dove and Olive. Wow. Was that um, was that a goal of hers before? Did that happen because of all this? So as she started building her business, because yeah. she was still a teacher yeah. the whole time while doing these workshops, um, her Yes, her goal was always to have a brick and mortar location. Okay, nice. And so, I mean, we were in the process of having people from permitting come to Dove and Olive. I mean, we were really, we were really starting um, to build that. And then, of course, the pandemic hit. But she does have a brick and mortar location now in Cary. It's doing very well. And to know she would have succeeded, honestly, with or without me, because she's amazing. But to have been a part of her journey has, I mean, those things make me feel so good and it makes me feel like that's my purpose. Like that's when you know, like maybe that's my thing. Like maybe I should lean into doing more of that and promoting and giving a platform to so many of these women who, I mean, are killing it. Yeah. I'm speechless because I can totally relate. I really love everything you're saying. And it's so much in line with my values and what I believe and what I've tried to create with the networking group I started with with, with this podcast. It's about highlighting other people, right? And it's about helping them, um, helping more people learn about you and what you've got going on. And some people, there's a lot of people out there that do some really cool shit that, that don't maybe get the awareness or the recognition. When I started this networking group, one thing I realized, I was a bar owner for 10 years. Well, mm-hmm. I worked in bars for 10 years. I owned a bar for a couple of years. But while I worked in bars and nightclubs, it was very easy for me to meet people and build relationships mm-hmm. because everybody wants to know the bar owner. Yeah, like, they just it's do. true. And so I found, I developed, because I was very shy and insecure mm-hmm. before I started working in nightclubs. And that then I was just forced to change. Yeah. But one of the things I noticed was not everybody's like me. And yeah. when you go to a networking event... Most people, I felt, at least the groups I were going, I was going to, didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. They they had to be, felt they had to be. They really wanted to break out of a, a shell. They wanted to meet some new people, um, but it was painful for them. Yes. And so what I found was this this comes easy to me. Let me help you. Mm-hmm. And so I really wanted to make everybody at my events just feel part of something. It's that cheers mentality from the old TV show. Yeah. You know, you want to go into a place where someone knows your name. And so that's what, that was always been my focus. And I could see if somebody's leaning up against the wall, that's maybe having a hard time breaking mm-hmm. into a conversation. And all I have to do in, in 10 seconds is walk over and be like, hey, thanks for being here. Yes. Is there anybody you're really looking to connect with? Let me introduce you. Yes. And then boom, their life has changed. 
I totally can relate to that because I am by nature extremely introverted. I'm an introverted extrovert. So (laughs) it's really funny because I really enjoy being around people, but it does take a lot out of me. And going into new situations, especially personally, professionally, I feel like I do a lot better. I'm a lot more secure. But in personal situations, if I'm going to a book club meeting for the first time, I don't know anyone. My stomach is in knots. But like coming here today to talk to you, I wasn't nervous at all because I'm really confident in what I'm doing. So I think a lot of people feel that way. I think a lot of people struggle with confidence and walking in completely not knowing each other. And that is literally what the Women's Social Club is. I mean, not one of us knew each other the the first meeting. None of us. Like none of us brought a friend. I didn't know a single person. It was amazing and creating I do networking activities where we basically do speed networking occasionally where especially when we have a new influx of members we'll do speed networking and we have cards where it's like funny personal deep questions none of them having to do with work Mm -hmm. um, to use as icebreakers and then the activities so doing the workshops it's less awkward when you have an activity to talk to someone you don't know like it just naturally breaks the ice I agree and then having these um, women come and speak at our networking nights a lot of times they share vulnerable stories about themselves so it automatically like puts people at ease so then I feel like it sets the tone like, okay, like I don't need to perform. Yeah, or this is safe here. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the whole, the whole point. When I, um, so I do a, a once a month Zoom networking event, mm-hmm. which I was very reluctant to start it because I'm, I'm Zoom fatigued. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm over it, right? Yeah. I was dying to get back in person, especially with these podcasts because I was doing them on Zoom for way too long. Yeah. But I'd been to a number of, online networking zoom events and they were all terrible like i just it was just I, there yeah. just wasn't a good way that i saw or found to make people feel like they were in person mm-hmm. and then i sat in on one that the garner chamber of commerce did and they had a uh, what appeared to be a, a structure i don't think they were just winging it but a yeah. structure that i was like oh i like parts of this let me make it my own and so what i did was i immediately started a, uh, the first Friday of every month at 10 AM, I have a, a zoom networking event. It's promoted on the LinkedIn group that I have called connect Raleigh. Mm-hmm. And, um, one of the things I do when people first get going is I have a, a poll question of the day mm-hmm. and often it relates to business, not always, but often it's usually related to more like relationship building, yeah. um, getting to know people, uh, how you communicate, are you meeting in person? Are you still doing only zooms? Like whatever mm-hmm. it is, it's, it's kind of tied to business, but it's really more about just the relationship piece. And I poll the whole group so they get to vote on it. You know, on Zoom, the poll results poll results can pop up yeah. on the screen so everybody can see them. And then what I do is because I want it to feel as as in person as possible, um, I, I have everybody go into breakout rooms of only three people max. Mm-hmm. And in this group, I, we're using that poll question to be the icebreaker, oh, to start yeah. talking. And I want one person in each group to be the facilitator, uh-huh. the leader. And who that person is, is something totally weird or wacky every time. Like it's the person who has the most pets. It's the person who's the tallest. It's yeah. the person who's the shortest. It's the person who lived the furthest from Raleigh or whatever it is. So that when they get in, they've got to discuss something personal about themselves. Mm-hmm. That's, they don't, 
often realize what they're doing, but now they're sharing, oh, I have got six cats and I'm from New Jersey mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And then they're like, okay, you're the winner. You get to talk about the poll question. And those three people are building a really good connection so good. in that mini group. And then we all come back together and it's, it really feels like you've been in person. Yes. I love that approach. I, I've had people ask about doing virtual events and I have always shied away it from it brutal. because again, yeah. like I've never seen one done well. That's a really good, that's a really creative approach to it. Well, take it and make it better and then <laughs> tell me what you did. <laughs> one day. Yeah. One day. So do you think the women's social club would be what it is right now without the pandemic? No, I think it would be totally different. Um, the women's social club was going to have its headquarters at Dove and Olive we were going to have one day a week be a co-working day. We had breakout meeting rooms where people could schedule um, meetings there So, because a lot of the women work from home. And then it was unlimited like coffee, tea, wine, beer, whatever when you were there. And it was a monthly membership. Um, I think if we did it, it would still be that. I don't think, I mean, who's to say, but because I had my workshop and event business um, also, it was very separate. Um, there probably would have been an incentive where women could have attended the workshops for a discounted rate or something. But I think it would have been totally different and not as good, mm. honestly, because... Silver lining. There it yeah, is. Yeah. I think it's meant to be what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So who's this group ideally for? If someone's listening right now and they're trying mm-hmm. to decide if they should reach out and connect with you and learn more about this, who's the group for? Clearly women, but yes. is there anything else It's really open-minded. So it's really for someone who's just either wanting to explore more of the city of Raleigh because we do a lot of events at different locations and we do tours of the city that are really fun. I accidentally took the women on a bar crawl, which I thought was a historical tour last (laughs) week. So that ended up being Yeah, how'd that one go? Yeah. Yeah. Did you all do a... uh, the the pedal trolley yes. thing. So I confused that with the trolley. And is this the what you're talking about right yes. now? Yes. <laughs> so we showed up and I I knew you could bring drinks. Like I brought spritzers, which was like, you know, low alcohol. And I thought you just pedaled around the city for two hours and they told you facts about the city. Nope. No. And we get there and she's like, okay, so there are seven bars. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, (laughs) this is like a Thursday at like 4.30 in the afternoon. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And it's so me that that happened. So they were very gracious and we were all just dying laughing. Um, and we had a fantastic time. I bet. But yeah, um, it's it's just fun. It's having real fun with other real women. And so anyone who's looking to expand their network, whether it be personal or professional, find out about new places in Raleigh. If you're an entrepreneur or you're in business and you're trying to learn more about business building, we do a lot of networking nights with other women in business, whether it be corporate or entrepreneurial focused. Um, So it's really for anyone and it isn't meant for you to stay forever. We do have some people who've been in the club for over a year, but last night or two nights ago, our instructor, Lynn, she was one of our founding members. Um, her business grew so much that she didn't have time to attend the events. Wow. So she ended up having to quit the club, but she came back as an instructor. So it's like we still keep the relationships going and there's no hard feelings. Yeah. It's really about using it for what you need. And once you've 
you know, used it, gotten what you needed out of it. If you want to move on but still stay friends, like, we do that. Like, it's not like you're voted off the island. I love <laughs> and it. And you can always come back and visit. Yeah. So what's the vision for it now? I mean, it clearly, or I would imagine, still navigating some pandemic yes. stuff, right? And I can't wait till I can have a podcast where I don't talk oh, about yeah, the pandemic. However, that's where we're at right now. But what's your vision for the next year and five years? So over the next year specifically, we're going to be launching a New York City chapter of the Women's Social Club Very cool. um, in October of next year. So I've been speaking with a lot of women that I have a network of there from living there. Um, and so what we're doing is tapping into that. I'll be flying back and forth and looking at venues and meeting with potential workshop partners, networking partners. Um, and we will be doing pop-up events between now and the launch in October. So that way we can start getting our name out there in a new city. And the idea is long-term um, to have the Women's Social Club here in Raleigh, have the Women's Social Club in New York City. They're two totally different size markets and types of markets. Um, and from there, I'm hoping to, once we optimize it, where it can easily be flexible for people to tap into um, launching our start your own chapter program where people can take it and start it nationwide. Wonderful. Yes. Okay. So here in Raleigh, do you have a headquarters or anything now, or is it still uh, different locations each time? What's, 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 what's a meetup look like here in Raleigh? So one of my other jobs is I am managing partner for a new space, Hartwell. It's in the Boylan Heights district. Um, it's a mix of retail. It has a bar and we do workshops and events. It's also built around promoting makers, artisans, um, just like Dove and Olive. And I got to know them because the owners um, knew me from Dove and Olive. They really liked the business concept. And so when they had their space, the property that they own and were renovating it, they asked me to come and bring what I was doing at Dove and Olive since I had to close there with them. And so basically I'm staying on with them for a year. Um, again, doing similar like with uh, – Courtney and Raleigh Cheesy, like I'm helping them build the business and um, optimize and bring in staff and helping them with their vision um, in bringing people together and creating different opportunities to promote local makers. Um, so Hartwell is also serving as the Women's Social Club sort of headquarters. Um, we will be doing some meetups there each month, but we'll also still be exploring the city because okay. that's also part of the appeal. Um, but yeah, Hartwell will be our home base here. I'll make sure I put links to all of these places and yes. in the show notes so everybody can connect and learn more. While you're exploring the city, what have been, other than you know the trolley incident, yes. what have been some of your <laughs> other favorite meetups or locations you've gone to with the group? So Y Hill, hands down, uh, number one. Really? Number yes, one? Yes, because... Y Hill's been getting a lot of love lately. Really? You know? In the last episode with uh, Craig and Kaz, oh, yeah. they spoke highly about Y Hill yes. also. She did a speaking engagement there with us. Um, they really were our ride or die venue during the pandemic. So it's a we launched location. in September. We tried a couple of locations because we needed to be outdoors. Mm -hmm. The challenge was finding somewhere 
with enough space outside, but also that had like a place where you could buy drinks or food and covered. So that, I mean, it was the beginning kind of still of the pandemic and everyone was kind of still figuring it out. Mm -hmm. Well, why Hill, I reached out to Sarah and Chris and I told them about the women's social club and they just welcomed, welcomed us in. So we did three meetups a month, which we still do three meetups a month. Um, and from January until May, we did all of them at White Hill. Wow. Um, and they just let us use their space. And Lots of love there. They were really our, they were our home base. And we still go back there sometimes. Okay. I love it. Any other places that have found their way into the rotation that you've been impressed with? Yes. Vita Vite. Yeah, good um, She has let us use her downtown location. Um, a few times mm -hmm. and that's been amazing because it's been able to be a private venue um, which during the pandemic is nice because you have less to worry about why hill was awesome because it was outdoor open air it was covered um, so yeah those two by far have been my favorite locations okay what about so aside from women's social club and working and networking type stuff when when you and your family are together and and you're going out for a Saturday or spending the day in Raleigh um, what are some things you like to do what are some favorite places or where are some favorite places to go so we live in the Oakwood neighborhood area and we love walking and being around Person Street yeah we live on Person Street when we're not working. Um, we can walk to it from our house. We also walk to Brookside, which is where the Optimist and mm -hmm. the Falafel and Co. is. So I would say those two areas are where I'm at. Okay, I got a, I got a question for you yes. that I don't know the answer to yet because I'm not um, uh, privy to it yet. I'm not VIP <laughs> enough yet, but you, you, you may be. So apparently there is a top secret story that if you ask the bartender at Oakwood Pizza Box about the, the history of the place, he'll tell you. Do, are you familiar with this story yet? So my husband would know this, yes. Okay. Um, we have lived there, and literally my son has grown up there for the last three years. At the pizza eating place? at their oh, lucky, bar. Yes. Lucky. Yes. Um, so I'm sure my husband knows the story All because right. he has spent much more time there than I, I have. I need to go find out. One of yes. my... Michael, the owner of The Nest, yeah. when he and I did a podcast, he told me that's one of his favorite places mm -hmm. and that there's a story that... If you sit, he's, he said to go there by yourself, sit at the bar, talk to the bartender, and he'll tell you the top secret story, which Ooh. I guess I got to go do that. Maybe, yes. Maybe because I've been with other people. <laughs> yeah. Go maybe that's the secret. <laughs> maybe that's it. Yeah. That's it. Um, all right. So how about this? Um, you've got friends or family members that are coming to Raleigh for a weekend and they want to come and they want to check out the area. They're thinking about moving here. Mm -hmm. Um what are some must-dos or must-sees that you would tell them to uh, to check out while they're here, other than Person Street and Wild yeah. Hill? <laughs> I would say the Art Museum. I think that's, that's one of our favorite places to go. And they're always having fun events there, which I think is something also that's new. So growing up, like, there weren't really, like, events and markets and things, and that's a thing here. Yeah. So I would say Art Museum for sure. Also to look up, like, the different market vendors. So Raleigh Night Market is who we work with at Hartwell. They are our market partner. We do pop-ups with them. Looking up their schedule and seeing where they're at because they're not just in Raleigh. They're in Apex and Holly Springs and Garner. So you can really get to know, you know, 
all kinds of areas by going to different activities like that. I personally love going to markets because you get to meet the makers. It's not just shopping. You get to interact with them. You get to try lots of different food. Um, and then I would also say like the greenways and the trails. Um, a lot of people here bike and there are so many great trails around the area. So I think there, you can definitely do the Citrix where you rent the bikes and ride around the city. Um, that would be something I would definitely recommend. That's a good one too. Yeah. Okay. Maybe um, one more question to yeah. piggyback off of that. Since you have lived in New York and you lived here and mm -hmm. you know, there's people that are moving here all the time from, from bigger cities. Mm -hmm. What are, what's something that someone should be prepared for coming from a bigger city, you know, maybe good and or not so good when they move to the Raleigh area. I think good is that Raleigh is growing. So there are actually options of things to do unlike before. So I think, you know, one of the things with Women's Social Club, the point is we actually have a lot of transplants. Um, unintentionally, that's become a huge demographic of ours. Um, a lot of them have moved here just before or during the pandemic. So getting plugged into the community immediately, quickly through different things like activities or groups is 100% what I would recommend. I grew up here never feeling like I fit in, which is another reason why I left. And then when I came back, I felt even more like I didn't fit in because I'd gone and lived these other places. And a lot of the people um, that I was living around had never left. And so they had their groups, they had their friend groups, and they weren't looking to expand. I would say that can be a downside of Raleigh. But if you, look, if you search out different social groups or networking groups, I mean, you will find people who are looking to meet people. And I would say, so getting involved in a social or a networking group for sure. And then also volunteering. So working with the different organizations, um, that really makes you feel like you're giving back to the city, which I think has a way of giving you a sense of pride about living there. And you're invested, like you're invested in the people around you. Um, you're invested in making it better. So, yeah, I would say seeking out opportunities to meet people. I think that's great. Yeah. And I also think that I've felt many times like I haven't fit in mm -hmm. also. And I think there's there's two approaches, right? You can you can seek out groups to then see if you fit into those groups. And mm -hmm. I also say sometimes starting a group is the right yes. thing to do for some people, you know, because we'd be surprised or many people would be surprised that, we're not as unique in a way yeah. that nobody else is like us that we think sometimes. There's lots of people out there experiencing similar things, feeling similar ways that if you just put it out there, go to meetup.com and create a right? group and you'll have 20 people join it by the end of the day. Totally. I totally agree. I've spoken with other founders of different community groups um, from all over just to get their feedback on expanding and things like that. And it's always come out of their own need. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool. So Mappy Hour is one of the companies that um, I have spoken with. They're based out of New York. Um, and she would be a partner of ours that we would do events with uh, once we start there. But hers is out about outdoor biking. She loves to 
do rides. She didn't want to do them by herself. She wanted to create a group and they would just do weekly meetup rides. And now it's all over the country. I definitely recommend you look into that too. Mappy Hour. It's Love really it. cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, starting something your, yourself, it's, I mean, that's what I did and it's changed and it continues to grow. It's never going to be perfect. Um, but yeah, there's no problem doing that. I love that. As I tell my kids every day, practice makes progress. Yes, true. Not perfect. It doesn't even matter. Yes. Hannah, thank you for coming on the podcast today. I appreciate you coming to see me. Thank you for having me. If you've enjoyed this episode, please visit us at connectraleigh.com. The Connect Raleigh podcast connects you to the amazing people and places of Raleigh, North Carolina. Check out the show notes for more ways to connect with our guests and with Chuck. Be sure to rate this podcast, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're currently listening, share it, and leave us a review. Thank you for connecting with Connect Raleigh.